Good morning and welcome to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. It's a different day today than it was yesterday. We have entered the holy season of Lent. I'm Adam Wright. Thank you so much for being with us this morning as we begin not only our morning together, but we begin this holy season together. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can I share with you just a uh, brief reflection this morning? It's from St. John Henry Newman. A great number of men live and die without reflecting at all upon the state of things in which they find themselves. They take things as they come and follow their inclinations as far as they have the opportunity. They are guided mainly by pleasure and pain, not by reason, principle, or conscience. And they do not attempt to interpret this world to determine what it means or to reduce what they see and feel to system. But when persons begin to contemplate the visible state of things into which they are born, they find it a maze and a perplexity. It is a riddle which they cannot solve. The answer to that, of course, is the cross. And, uh, you know... Last night, we were having a little celebration in the house with the right kids. Beth was at work, and we were playing some songs on the guitar and singing along. And, you know, I've got a couple things coming up that uh, I just need to get my voice back in shape. So I'm just singing some things I know will help me get there. And uh, one of the songs we were singing is a, a newer song. It's, it's not a Christian song. It's a secular song. It's called Bubbles Up. And one of my daughters said, what does that mean, Bubbles Up? What, you know, what, what are we talking about here? And I said, well, in, in scuba diving, and I'm, I'm no scuba diver, but in scuba diving, uh, the term bubbles up, which was the context of this, points to the fact that if you get disoriented underwater and you need to get to the surface, well, which way do bubbles go? Bubbles don't go down. Bubbles don't go sideways. Bubbles go up. So follow the bubbles up. And the, the, the particular lyric was bubbles up. They'll point you towards home no matter how deep or how far you roam. They will show you the surface, the plot, and the purpose. So when the journey gets long, just know that you're loved. There's light up above. Enjoy is always enough. Bubbles up. And I was thinking, you know what? The more, more fitting than bubbles, the crucifix. You want the sign. You want the purpose. You want the thing that's going to point you in the direction. It's the cross of our Lord. It's the Paschal Mystery, and that's what we are going to spend the whole season reflecting on. Today on the Roadmap to Heaven, we have for our radio listeners a couple of uh, homilies or talks that we're going to play for you. One is on having your best Lent from Gabe Castillo, Gabby After Hours. We also have an Ash Wednesday homily on being dust, and to dust we shall return. And we will wrap up our talk with Father Peter Pompicello, who's been with us over the last several episodes of Roadmap to Heaven to talk about what we really need to focus on this Lent. So that's all ahead today. Let's get you a check of the weather. Let's get you our saint of the day. It is uh, St. Valentine's Day, even though we celebrated everything yesterday. Today we're focused on Ash Wednesday. We're going to learn a little bit about him because you want to talk about suffering and the cross. Uh, you got to hear about St. Valentine. So let's go to Mike Roberts now. 
Today is the feast day of St. Valentine. Very little is known about St. Valentine, and there may have been two, but we do know this, one or both were martyrs. The first is Valentino, a third century priest in Rome, whose ministry included those imprisoned and condemned for their faith. Emperor Claudius summoned Valentino and ordered him to deny his faith. The emperor liked him and was impressed by his courage, so he sent him to a nobleman named Asterius and ordered him to convert Valentino. However, when Asterius' daughter became sick and lost her sight, Valentino prayed over her and she was cured. This led to Asterius and his whole family converting to Christianity. When the emperor heard about this, he had Valentino condemned and he was beheaded. The second Valentine was the Bishop of Terni in what is now Turkey. He was approached by a renowned philosopher named Crato who offered him half of his wealth if he would only cure his son of a deformity. Bishop Valentine convinced Crato that the healing would come not from the bishop himself, but through faith. Crato asked to be converted, and his son was healed, leading to the conversion of the rest of his family and many of his friends, one of whom was the son of the Roman emperor who had Valentine decapitated because of his son's conversion. A church was built in Turney and named for Valentine, and the Benedictines later spread the story of Valentine's Day to their monasteries in France and England. The tradition of Valentine's Day includes as the patron saint of lovers, Geoffrey Chaucer, who noted that birds begin pairing on Valentine's Day. St. Valentine, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Now we're going to jump back into the conversation we've been having over the past few days here on the show. And again, with that unfortunate break last week while I was out sick, uh, with Father Peter Pompasello about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, our Lenten practices. Yesterday we ended with the question, uh, where is your almsgiving going to go and what's your plan? And Father and I are going to pick up with that today. Budgeting is a great thing in all sorts of parts of our life. We budget for for food in the certain, like, you know, you can't eat all that you want. You have to, you have to count calories in a certain sense. And we, even financially, it, it's an act of humility. There's an act of humility in, in actually saying, all right, let me look at my finances. Where is my money going? And what do I have? To, what do I have to do to keep a roof over my head? You know, make sure that the kids, school's paid for, insurance, all of that. But then we have discretionary funds that, you know, we, we're all looking to save for, things that we like, but do we save, do we budget intentionally in our almsgiving? And there's such a freedom and joy in doing that. If you budget for, this is what I want to give my parish, but then you know what? I'm going to also budget some cash that I'm going to set aside discretionary that, yeah, when I know I'm going out and I'm going downtown and I see a homeless person, I can buy them lunch and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use my almsgiving for that. Or to, to be intentional that way, I think it's, Again, it brings all three together. You're making it prayerful. You're you're making a sacrifice, and you're also you're, you're giving alms. You're 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 giving for the good of of the Lord and the kingdom. And I, I know I made a mistake as a young man. I I felt like alms giving should be something that I should want to give from like in that moment. Like oh I'm at, I'm at mass. Okay, like let me make my offering. But I think I think I was overthinking it, and it's good to budget for it. We have all these electronic ways of, of giving. You can you can budget to have it come right out of your account. And now you know you're giving consistently. 
and you're giving regularly and you're holding yourself accountable to a standard of generosity that the Lord's calling you to. Yeah. God, you get this first. You you, you get it right off the top, and I'm not going to give myself the opportunity to uh, to take it away. I, I think of the act of contrition and in the, the form that a lot of us use where we say, we promise to sin no more, do penance for our sins, and to avoid the occasion of sin. Well, if, if I say, I'm going to increase my tithe, I'm going to I'm going to budget to do this during the season of Lent. If I'm taking that right off the top, it's like avoiding mm-hmm. that occasion of sin. It's, it's avoiding that occasion of, oops, I, I accidentally spent that on uh, right. on something at the grocery store or at the gas station or wh- whatever it may be, and now all of a sudden that money's gone. Um, we, we've done it off the top. We've made the first thing, the first thing, everything else secondary. Um, we keep coming back to how great it is that these three things are tied together, Father. And I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper here, because if we still had a, a plethora of bookstores like we used to have, we still have bookstores. They're just not in a, as great of abundance. I remember in the bookstore, there were huge sections of self-help, you know, book upon book and shelf upon shelf of how to be a better person, how to help yourself, how to have more fulfillment in life. Nothing on the self-sacrifice. You know, that, that was barely a shelf or the, <laughs> the, the do less for you. Um, shelf. But that's what we're talking about. But even the culture is starting to come around to this. We, we see the benefits of intermittent fasting as a health thing. We see the benefits of meditation and whatnot. And we're, we're talking about the need to injustice, to have solidarity with the poor and to do things like almsgiving. And it can be really tempting to, to, as you said, have that Olympic moment like, I gave up this for all of Lent. You know, for all of Lent, I, Adam Wright here, I got up 10 minutes early and I spent 10 minutes in prayer at, at 5-something in the morning where I used to just be hitting the snooze button. And, oh, by the way, uh, Mr. Taxman and others take note, I donated this many dollars to my almsgiving. And now all of a sudden we've taken a season that's supposed to be about I'm doing this for God and made it about me. And that's not the point. Um, And while there are benefits, physical benefits to fasting, while there are physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual benefits to taking that time in prayer, and and while there are emotional and, and I dare I say, all these things are tied, emotional health, physical health, spiritual health, to almsgiving, um, that's not the primary reason we're doing this. What is the primary reason? Order our heart and mind to God to worship and to to empty ourselves. There's this there's this beautiful precept of of Christian asceticism, and I'll give I'll give the audience the the, the fifty dollar word to empty ourselves to be filled with God's grace. The kenosis, the self emptying. What can I do to empty myself so that God may fill me? That I can rely on His providence. That I give my alms at the beginning of the month. And I don't worry that, yes, I can trust it. I, I'm, I'm not being foolhardy. I'm not being foolish and saying, oh, I just, you know, I just sent the mortgage check to the church and, and God's going to provide. No, I'm going to make realistic and generous offering even, even before I, I've, I've satisfied my own needs. And I know that the rest of it will, will fall into place. It's, it's just so important for us to always look for opportunities to incorporate our body and our spirit and, and all those different challenges. You know, I'm thinking about this, like, there's this big challenge now on, on the internet, you know, people are taking these cold water, these ice baths and all this. And then they're talking about it. Yeah, I'm doing this for 15 minutes and all that. I'd like to say, and I, I'm going to mention this when I do the novena between the fifth and the 14th on Instagram live, you should pick some things that you'll share because people, we're going to talk to each other. Hey, what, did you give anything up for Lent? How's Lent going? And yeah, there should be things that you can share to encourage one another in each other's practices. 
But I also, I'm going to challenge people to, what are you giving up that you're not going to tell anybody about? That you can give to your heavenly father who sees you in secret. Nobody needs to know that you gave something up. And you can, there, it, it could be something small and significant that, that's a private offering between you and the Lord. And, and that can really wash away the temptation to say like, hey, you know, this is really hard and I did this. Maybe you just don't talk about it. I had used the example of my phone earlier, and I uh, I have a friend. He sent me an advertisement for this phone. I think it's I forget what it's called, but it's essentially like it's a phone. It, it it can call people. I think it has voicemail, and it might have text messaging, and that's about it. There's no camera. There's no internet. <laughs> there's no apps. And I think some of these things, Father, when we talk about life, I go back to that passage of the gospel. You know, if you, if your right hand leads you to sin, you cut it off. It'd be better to go through life without the right hand than flung into the fires of Gehenna. And the, the point that our Lord was making was, you know, there are some things that require urgent and what seems like just outlandish action, but if the choice is hell or this, choose giving up this so that you don't go to hell. Like, if we truly got that, I, I think a lot of us would be making, myself included, let's be very clear about this, a lot of us would be making better choices all around in life. But some of these things that we're talking about, you know, like I'm going to give up the diet soda or I'm going to give up the sugar in my tea or I'm going to give up the eating out. It's not that these are necessarily immoral things. It's not like having a cookie every day is necessarily going to be my path to hell. Yet God can work through that. You know, I, I would think if, if if the cookie was leading me to hell, like if we could draw the direct line, this is how cookies are leading you into mortal sin, Adam, right? And if you don't get these cookies out of your life, it's not going to end well for eternity for you. Okay, that's one thing. But to say, yeah, these cookies, I mean, they're, they're not a moral good. They're not a moral bad. Um, but if you choose to give them up, yeah, God, he can, he can work through that. You can empty out that cookie spot in your heart for him to come in and do what he wants to do. And th- that's really paradoxical, Father. Well, it's about strengthening our will, though, right? It's all that is good that comes from God. It's all grace. But we have to cooperate with God's grace. Where It's not passive. It's not just like we just lay here and God gives us the grace. The path to holiness, the path to sainthood is conforming. Thy will be done. And if we make these ascetical practices to deny ourselves of little things, that strengthens our will to even do bigger things and more important things. And and it's it's important to make a gift of ourselves to other people. When we deny ourselves, now we have the will and the strength of will to do things for others. It gives us joy. You're going to find joy. And that's the, that's the paradox I think that you're pointing to. You're going to find moments of joy in Lent, even in the absence. And, and who knows what God's looking to offer Adam or myself, any, any of your, your listeners out there, God wants to offer you something and you don't even know what it is yet until you make that step to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to, so I'm going to give up whatever it is, the the sacrifices I'm going to make. We'll have more with Father Pompicello after this. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Vocation prayer for youth. Oh, Holy Spirit, spirit of wisdom and divine love, impart your knowledge, understanding, and counsel to youth that they may know the vocation wherein they can best serve God. Give them courage and strength to follow God's holy will. Guide their uncertain steps. Strengthen their resolutions. Shield their chastity. Fashion their minds. Conquer their hearts. And lead them to the vineyards, where they will labor in God's holy service. Amen. Every morning that uh, my wife works at the hospital, I have to take the kids to my in-law's 
They feed him breakfast. They drive him to school. I'm on the radio. You know, Beth's already at work. You know, one of the things that I find very consistent is I get up, she gets up, we tell the kids, wake up, and I call down to the kids downstairs. I say, all right, I need a sit rep here. What What's going on? Everybody come up. Show me. Are you in your school uniform? Do you have your shoes and socks on? Do you know where your backpack is? Because I need to know what I'm walking into from that moment on. Every minute counts. And if we deviate from the plan of action, we're going to have a really bad morning. It can have repercussions that affect the radio show, repercussions that can affect the school day, repercussions that can affect my in-laws. And, uh, you know, worst case scenario... I blow my top, I lose my patience, I start yelling at the kids, and, and all, all of a sudden, at, at 6 in the morning, we've kind of handicapped the whole day because I didn't check in, I didn't get the sit rep of what's going on. And I think about all these things we're talking about. Okay, I want to get up 10 minutes earlier, but I am a snooze guy sometimes, and that's going to be hard for me to do. That's going to take some effort. I want to give this up. I want to fast from this. I want to abstain from this, but I really love that, and that's going to be hard for me to do. And if I'm, uh, you know trying to do what we've been talking about here, I might be trying to give up something that I'm not going to tell anyone. Other things I might say to my wife, like, hey, I'm having a really hard time not wanting this right now. Help me not, help me avoid this because this is what I gave up for Lent. She's going to be a great wife. She's going to be like, all right, let's get that out of the house or let's get you doing something else here so that you're not thinking about that. Same thing with the almsgiving. I want to give that money away. I might have trust issues. Well, I really need that money. I got all these things and I got these bills and I got this debt and all of that. And if we're putting this on me, 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 I'm probably going to fail, Father, if, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. I am going to fail. And I, I've been told that, you know, we can have that same sit rep with God every morning and say, all right, Lord, here's the situation. Here's where I'm at. Today, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the getting up 10 minutes early. I'm feeling the prayer. This is great. Today, God, this is not the day. I do not want to be up right now. I do not want to be praying right now. I really want that cookie. I really want to go spend the money on this because it's on sale, and I've been waiting for this to go on sale for months. But if, if I'm going to do my almsgiving, I'm not buying that. Um, how important is that check-in with God? And you know, the, the graces that he can pour out in that time of prayer so that we're not trying to do this on our own. Because I think we get so focused on ourselves, we forget about asking God for that grace and I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that sounds like we're going into battle and saying, all right, we're going to go in, uh, but don't bother putting the parachute in the pack. I'll just jump out of the plane. I'll be okay. Right. No, no, I, you're spot on. And it's, that's why I think, I think half, half of this battle of Lent is, is the fact that we're, we're talking about it early. It's great that you're having this, this broadcast to get your listeners thinking about Lent before it's here so that, you know, we can have a plan for success. And with God's grace, we'll be successful and with it's it's all about God's providence and God's grace. And I think I what helps me, I can share this. What helps me is it's Lent. It's not an option. I that 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 helps me so much with my Lenten disciplines because it's it, it, as soon as it's Ash Wednesday now, it's like, okay, it's Ash Wednesday. It's no longer an option. You know, listening to my favorite music channel on Sirius or whatever it is, I it's no that's that's not for now. That's, that's for later. And it'll be there for later. And I, I will say, you know, planning for it now and, and getting ready for it, I'm actually enjoying the things that I normally do even more right now. I'm like, oh, I only have like 16 more days. Like, I'm, you know, I'm really kind of enjoying listening to my jazz station right now. But, but it's all going to be God's grace. It's all going to be surrendering. If, if we're going to be successful and we're going to do this right, we're doing all three at once. The prayer, the fasting, and the almsgiving, it's all three all at once. 
just like the Holy Trinity. It's, you know, we pray to God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, but we are praying to them all at once. They are all one. And, and that's, what's going to keep us from making it this little spiritual Olympics or in our head that I'm, I'm reaching perfection and not to get down on ourselves when, when we fail, when we forget, you know, when you, because you do things out of habit, which is the, the grace of making the plan now. Because out of habit, you might just say, oh, it's like, oh my gosh, I forgot I was going to give this up for Lent. And I, and I, you know, and you're standing there with your coffee in your hand that you said you were, you were not going to have or whatever it is. I just thought of this, you know, I, I love the analogies we're able to draw because we're talking with you, an army chaplain here, the debrief. That's what, ha- what happens after the mission, you know, or, or even after just components of the mission is the debrief. And I think of that examination of conscience, Lent especially, this is the time of year I love. Um, you, go to, you go to church and you see the lines are getting longer each time they have confessions, especially the closer we get to Good Friday, the lines keep getting longer and longer, which tells me, all right, at least for this time of, of year, more people are taking this serious than they normally would. And praise God for that. And again, let's hope that this Lenten practice sticks here. Sometimes we're going to fail. And that might be the hardest thing to fast from is our pride. To go in Mm. and say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And I got on my phone on three occasions and I looked at this pornography on the internet. Or I called up a friend and I committed the sin of detraction. I was speaking gossip about this person, casting them in a bad light. or, Or whatever it may be. You know, some of us, it's going to be deep and dark. Some of us, it might not. But to have that humility to go in and say, uh, I messed up and I need forgiveness. And I, I, I've heard that, like the debrief, you do that so that if we have to do this again, where'd the mission succeed? Where'd the mission fail? So we know what to fix. I don't know if you heard this, but in World War II, one of the things they looked at were the planes that were coming back. They looked at where all the bullet holes were. And they said, uh, yeah, that's not where we need to put the armor. We need to put the armor where the bullet holes aren't because the planes that didn't come back, that's where they have the bullet holes. You know, we got to look for the holes in our armor to say, all right, God, here, here's where Very the holes good. are and, and, and patch me up. Right, I, I right. Well, what and, are your thoughts? It, no, I, I think, I think it, what you're saying is, is spot on in terms of we have to trust in the Lord and not in ourselves. And in doing that and in make, making a plan in, in as earnest as we can when we fail. And let's let's make the distinction too. We our failures, our failures sometimes are just are just that. They're failures. They might not be sinful in and of themselves. If we if we, you know, I, I made a Lenten promise to to not eat chocolate and then I forget and I, I it's it's not a bad thing to mention in in uh in in, in confession, but that's not that's not the same it's not on the same category as actually confessing confessing you know an actual sin uh of 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 greater gravity but but i I think we need to just set ourselves up for success and i think we can debrief with the lord daily with an examination of conscience before we go to bed at night you know and and thank the lord for how he helped us keep lent and please god we're keeping the door open to stay close to him that he showed us the way to help keep Lent. I know like a little trick for people with social media, if, you, if you're addicted to your phone, I know I spend a lot of time on my phone. What a great trick. Um, there's, a, there's a setting that you can have your, your entire smartphone just go to black and white. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Have you ever seen a black and white I've done that before for Lent, and it, it's a very it's, effective thing. If you don't have the option to go get the flip phone, put your phone in grayscale. Right. It, it, it dramatically oh, affects the way you use it. It really does because you're like, 
nothing's appealing now. I mean, like all the things that you like to do, like, you know, I, I enjoy skydiving and parachutes don't look half as good in black and white as they do in color. And I'm like, oh, well, what the heck am I even looking at? And so it can help. It can help set back. It can help rein in your appetite. And that's a good thing. And you're making an act of the will by choosing to go to grayscale. And that's going to numb your appetite for the things that you that you found pleasurable, you know, that they're, they're okay. You know, I, I love looking at skydiving videos, but I'm not going to do this for Lent. I'm not going to not going to spend my time waiting for the train, looking at skydiving and woodworking videos, because I'm going to I'm going to give myself to the Lord. And that that grayscale can be the reminder. Hey, whoa, it's Lent. You know, it's oh, yeah, that's right. Wait, that's why I'm on grayscale. And that's why I'm doing this. It, it's, it's all about rewiring our our will to the Lord. Not because it's all about the will, it's all about grace, but we have to cooperate with our will. A prayer for the gift of wisdom. Great is the wisdom of the Lord. God Almighty, your wisdom includes an understanding of what is fair, what is logical, what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It mirrors your pure intellect. I entreat you to grant me such wisdom, that my labors may reflect your insight. Your wisdom expands in your creations, displaying complexity and multiplicity. Your wisdom is an eternity ahead of man. May your wisdom flourish forever. Amen. We continue today, and we'll wrap up our conversation with Father Peter Pompicello on Operation Ashes to Glory. Today is H-Day. If you've been following along with us, you know that we started this last week uh, before I was out, and it was on helping us get ready for Lent. Well, today we're going to pick up this final part of the conversation with the uh, statement I made that we don't know how to be silent, and we're going to circle back to suffering and preparing for trial in that. So let's dive back into our conversation with Father Uncle Sam, military chaplain, Father Peter Pompicello. We, uh, I'm just going to say, we don't know how to be silent, a lot of us. We, we struggle with it greatly, and we mentioned earlier that I wanted to kind of circle back to this to talk about the suffering that we all go through in life. And we live in a culture, especially the consumerist nature of our culture. It's like, oh, your feet hurt? Well, then, you know, buy this thing that, that massages your feet. You sit in your chair. In fact, now they have whole chairs. It feels like you're in zero gravity. It's massaging your feet. It's massaging your back. It's doing this. You got the stereo surround sound. And it's all about distracting you from the fact that you're in pain or that you're suffering. And, you know, maybe it's something that your spouse said to you that just hasn't sat the right way. And rather than deal with it, you're just like, well, I'm going to doom scroll on social media here, or I'm going to eat this because, you know, eating this is a fun thing and it, and it makes me feel better because it tastes good and it gives me a little dopamine fix. And it, those can very quickly spiral out of control. We see it, unfortunately, in the epidemic of drugs and, and alcoholism, but especially drugs in our country right now, Father. And we came back to all these things, talking about how they're all intertwined. I want to go back to both that and the gas mask analogy, because I think it's a, it's a safe bet that at some point in life, we're going to get to a point where we are suffering, you know, whether it's the death of a loved one, whether it's a struggle we have, an addiction, whatever it may be. And kind of like we're saying, if, if you're waiting until Ash Wednesday to figure out what you're going to do for Lent, you're, you're not going to be prepared. And if you're waiting until trial hits in life to start praying more intentionally or to, to fast or to do whatever, you're waiting too long. And you've given the enemy the upper hand and may have very well have handed over victory. Um, and I was wondering if you could speak to, you know, how, how do we take what we're doing? And not just like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if our Lent becomes a regular practice that goes beyond Lent? But how, how can we get intentional about that? How can we use Lent as the training ground to then get ready for the parts of life where, oh, my goodness, we, we are in the midst of the trial? 
right? You're you're right. You're right on target. We're all gonna we're all gonna suffer. We're all gonna suffer death ourselves personally, or the death of loved ones. And I think the practices of Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, our Lord's example of going into the desert to be tempted by Satan, to to go and and do it as as perfectly as he did, and addressing the the world, the noise, the lure, the color and light of the world, the flesh, and how we want to satisfy our flesh by eating, by drinking, by doing things to excess, and then the devil himself, the way we rationalize our poor behaviors. Every, every the remedies of Lent are little deaths to ourself. It's a little death to yourself to choose not to do something for Lent, to fast from something, to choose to say, you know what? I'm going to get up early so I can get to daily mass once a week during Lent. I'm going to give up the comfort of what, of what I norm, my normal morning routine. I'm going to sacrifice this. And, and we suffer little deaths. And that's going to strengthen our will for the time when, because we know not the day nor the hour. I mean, today, could, I, I have a dear friend. Today's the, the anniversary. Of, uh, pray, pray for Larry. He's, he's, he's gone a year today. And it's my, my friend's father. And, and she misses her father. She misses him dearly. And, you know, it was an unexpected, he, he got sick and he died suddenly. That could be any one of us. That could be, that could be God forbid, that could be me today. If we're, not, if we're not training, if we're not practicing the faith, if we're not training in it, just like the soldier trains, just like the athlete trains, we need to train our mind, our body, and our spirit because we know not the day nor the hour, and it's coming for us. Yeah, and you know, the gas mask, one of the things you said was, it's all about teaching you to trust the equipment in the controlled environment here, and, and I think of the times that, you know, those trials have come in my life, and whether it was my wife or a good friend who said, yeah, the, dude, this stinks right now. This is what you're going through. It's not easy, and it's going to be hard, but think back to that time that you chose to do this, and you relied on God's grace. And what happened? God brought you through it. You got through it. You were able to do it with his help. And if he could do it for you then, he can do it for you now. Just go to him and ask him and commit and get into it. Because, you know, I, one of the terms we've learned, psychological operations, psych warfare. Who's, who's the master of psych warfare? The devil. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. You can Father Adam, that's, it's not really grave matter. Everybody's doing that. Everybody's got it. And then the minute you commit that sin, like, could you believe what you just did? Yeah, everyone may be doing it, but you, look at how terrible, you said you were going to love God. You said right. you were going to avoid sin in the occasion. Look what you just did. And do, are you, how are you ever going to admit that to him? We, we heard a great homily the other week here on the show, Father, about the difference between shame and contrition. And, you know, that's the psych warfare big tactic of the devil is shame. Um, it, it, it's absolutely just like, you got to be careful. You got you to be ready for it. Oh, Oh yeah, no, and, and and the way we get ready is the way the way we get ready is to is to make a plan and to train and to you know to plan plan the work and then work that plan plan the work of Lent and then work the plan throughout those days of Lent and trust in the trust in the Lord and and to trust trust in the whole process. When I was in Alaska, I, I was I was a paratrooper up in Alaska for three years. Cold weather up in Alaska. I had we were issued like. 13 different pairs of mittens and all sorts of, you know, Arctic gear, all of this down suits and just tremendous equipment, special boots, all of this equipment's given to us. And then we would do cold bag training and cold bag training 
wasn't glamorous, but it was like, it was just a mandatory thing where it's like, hey, we're going to cold bag, to, you know, we're going to cold bag on Thursday. And it's like, ah, and I was like, what's cold bag? Like, what are we going to then We sleep in the parking lot. We would choose to just sleep in the parking lot so that we would, tra- you know, train and test our equipment so that we know like, wow, okay, you know, I overdressed. Like I was a little, I think I was a little too warm or I, I got to watch the temperatures. That how else are we going to be able to fight in this equipment when on a minute's notice we have to go and deploy and defend if we're not training and trusting in the process and trusting in the equipment? We're going to trust. We're all going to trust in prayer and fasting and almsgiving. We're going to trust in the Lord, the help of our Blessed Mother, so that so that we're ready for when it's when it's the live fire exercise. We're going to get ready for the uh, the live fire exercise, as Father just said, after this break, because we're going to talk about coupling our prayer, fasting, and almsgiving with intention, and prayer intention in particular. But in the meantime, here's Zach Williams with a song that I absolutely love. It's a great song to kick off Lent. It's called Less Like Me, and it's all about these things we're going to give up this season. It's a, This song is a great reminder that every last thing we're going to give up can help us become less of ourselves and more like Jesus. Prayer for God's Blessing of One's Daily Work O Lord, my God, creator and ruler of the universe, it is your will that human beings accept the duty of work. May the work I do bring growth in this life to me and to those I love and help to extend the kingdom of Christ. Give all persons work that draws them to you and to each other in cheerful service. I unite all my work with the sacrifice of Jesus in the Holy Mass, that it may be pleasing to you and give you glory. I beg your blessing upon all my efforts with St. Joseph as my example and guide, help me to do the work you have asked and come to the reward you have prepared. Amen. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. We are back, and we're going to wrap up our conversation with Father Peter Pompasello talking about getting intentional with our prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. I want to get to one other practical thing here for this season of Lent, for when it does get difficult, when it does get hard, because that's a good sign that you're doing something fruitful. If you're pushing yourself to do this, you know, if, if, go back to, oh, I gave up Brussels sprouts, so I gave up asparagus. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. not hard because that's not a sacrifice for me. I can't tell you the last time I had either one of those things. Uh, <laughs> but when it gets hard, Father, I've heard so many people talk about the power of intention, and I don't mean like, oh, I'm intentionally going to do this, but you know, I, I think back to the documentary I watched about um, the Nimitz and, the, you know, a film crew went on a six month deployment with the Nimitz and they talked about, you know, we got to go fly this mission because we got to be there. So if the troops on the ground need air cover, we're there. So I'm going to go sit in a plane for six hours, eight hours. I can barely move. I can't really move my legs. I'm in the same spot for way too long so that the minute they need me, if they need me, I'm ready to go. And that gave them that that intention to say, all right, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing this. We can do the same with prayer, and I, I've heard it said that it, that's a great way to focus your fasting. It's a great way to focus that getting up early to pray. It's a great way to focus that almsgiving. What are some of the the things you've seen work over the years to say? All right, pick an intention to unite with your prayer, fasting, and almsgiving during the season of Lent. I I, I love the witness of Lent that begins with the the ashes on the forehead, and 
and not that we're doing it for show, you know, like like the, the, the Pharisees, you know, who widen the factories to be greeted in marketplaces and all that. But there is a witness element to Lent that I think attracts other people. How many people are going to go to work on Ash Wednesday with ashes on their forehead? And you're going to be you're going to be a witness. You're literally going to witness to your coworkers that aren't. They're not making a plan for Lent and they're going to and they're going to look at you and you're a witness to them. And you and and you can make that your intentionality. Like, I'm going to I'm going to invite my friends. It's like, hey, you know, it's Lent. When they, like now the conversation, like it's all fair games. Like, oh, you got something on your forehead. No, it's Ash Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. Ash Wednesday. Oh, you know, I used to do that. Like, hey, why don't you come with me this Friday? Stations of the Cross, you know, why don't you come with me? How many of us are intentionally inviting people into the beauty of the church? getting ready for this season. I, you know, we'll shout about it all day long on social media. How many people are inspiring people to do cold water plunges on Instagram? Why don't we inspire our friends, our coworkers, people who are out on the margins that maybe your parish priest won't get to, but you can because you're at school with them, you're at work with them, and invite them. Invite them. Say, yeah, it's the first Sunday. You know what, Ash Wednesday, the first Sunday of Lent is this Sunday. Why don't you come with me? Come, come to church with me. And, and in that way, that we can make that our intention. I, I always pray in a particular way. You mentioned that, the intentionality. I pray in Lent that, that this is the Lent. Like, maybe this is the Lent for that person. And it will be. We, we've all heard the stories, like, that people have that conversion. It's like, wow, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I wasn't taking this that seriously. And maybe this is their year. This is their Lent to come back to live in the sacramental life the way they should. Is that one of those things, like we hear it with indulgences, that you know there are indulgence opportunities. You can apply it for yourself, or you can apply it to a soul mm-hmm. in purgatory. Mm-hmm. And you might say, oh, yeah, you know, my grandma who died uh, you know, this year, uh, mine did. She's been dead for, for several years. But um, to say, all right, I'm going to offer this work of the indulgence for the soul of my grandmother in hopes that she's in heaven. And if not, that if she's in purgatory, that this helps her move from purgatory to heaven. Can we do that with our Lenten practices? Is it appropriate to do that with our Lenten practices to say, Lord, not only am I going to do this during Lent, but I want to offer it for this intention. Maybe it's for the legal protection of the unborn. Maybe it's for, uh, you know, whatever cause we're, we're praying for right now, or for this person who left the church, or for this person who died, or whatever it may be. Absolutely. Absolutely. To, to make to make that kind of intentional offering for the good of others, I mean, and you're praying in intercession for those who maybe that you know you don't have to tell them. Maybe they're you're praying for people you'll never meet, but that's the church building at work. I would offer um, as a remedy for bad habits like gossip. Maybe you choose this Lent. Pick somebody that you know. Uh, pick your frenemy. <laughs> you know, there's, there's there's that old term like that person who's like they're socially they're in your life, but you don't really like your time with them, but you have to deal with them and you got to be nice to them. Well, maybe that's the person that you're going to offer up that, that coworker who gets under your skin. You can't stand dealing with that person. You're going to make this Lent. Lord, I'm going to offer this Lent up for them. It's a real remedy. It, it really is. It's a remedy toward anger. It's a remedy toward the selfishness and the competitiveness and the pettiness that we have in our hearts because the, the devil can't, can't exist. He can't bear that kind of charity. The power of witness in this is just an incredible gateway to give us the resolve we need to to run full speed into Lent. I, I don't know about you, Father. I love that scene in uh, 
the second Lord of the Rings movie, and I know there are some of some of my friends out there that shudder every time I say the movie, not the book, but where Frodo's saying, <laughs> I don't think I can do this anymore, and he's he's got Sam right with him, and he's saying it's like all the heroes in the great stories, and we hear these stories, and, and, and I look at, you know, like look at all the great World War II movies and those e- efforts of heroism that you see, and you say, I want to be like that. I want to, if, if that opportunity ever arises, I want to be a hero. Well, every day we're called to be a saint. And every day that can take little heroics, it can take big heroics, but it's going to take saying no to ourselves and yes to God because we can't do it without him. We can't do it without his grace. And to hear the stories of others and their witness of how God's working in their life, how he's empowering them, how he's giving them that grace, Father. Every time I hear those stories, I'm, I, I'm like Sam. I'm like, think of those stories. We can push through this. We can do this. We can accomplish this mission. We just got to choose to keep moving forward on the battlefield. That's it. That's it. You know, and every soldier, every soldier out there, there isn't a soldier out there that really that really wants to go to war. We prepare for it. We, we pray for peace. We prepare for war. And you might be frightened. You might be anxious about, ah, can I really do this for Lent? But don't give in to the fear. Because if you, if you do it anyway, then the courage comes after. And that, it's that with God's grace and that act of the will, the courage comes after facing the fear. I'll never forget, Father, a friend of mine uh, in college who was in ROTC, and there were two on the floor that every morning they'd get up, and one was a morning person, one was not. And, and I, I asked one day, I said, you know, how do you get through this? And the answer was, it's the singing we do. It's the cadence while we, while we run and having the whole unit together, doing this together. And I think that's another great thing about this season of Lent. Like, we're not called to just do this on our own, even if we're not sharing our penance with other people. Like, you know, I'm not going to tell everybody that I'm giving up X, Y, or Z. We're still called to pray together. We still go to Mass on Sunday and, and beyond. We may not be doing the chants that they do while they're doing their run on ROTC or in basic training or in boot camp, but we have that time to pray together and to lean on the prayers of one another at, at Holy Mass and throughout the church. So let's, uh, as we go into Lent, let's pray for one another too, because for some of us, we've, we've done Lent so many times. It's like, all right, this is easy. It's, it involves sacrifice, but I'm ready. Let's go. And for others, they, they might be uh, really in a bad place right now saying, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I, I really don't know. I want to do more. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Let's pray for them. Father, uh, in that vein, could we, uh, could we ask for your prayer? Could we ask for your blessing? Absolutely. For absolutely. Yes, yes. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for the blessing of, of this technology and of Adam's apostolate and, and all that they do to bring your word to others, bless our plans for this holy season of Lent so that we may draw closer to your son, so that in in setting aside the things of this world that bring us comfort, we may find more of you and your peace and your joy. As we pray through the intercession of Our Lady, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Confidence, pray, pray for, for us. us. Our Lady Queen of Peace, pray for us. Our Lady of Victory, pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, one more time. You can follow him on Instagram, Father Peter Pompicello. Just follow at fr.unclesam. I'll oh, if give I could up- just throw in one more 
one more plug for work. If you want to know more about what I do as a chaplain, you can go to goarmy.com slash chaplains and you can see more of that or you'll see a lot of on, on my, my page as well. But thank you. Yeah. So uh, anytime, Father, we're, we're glad to do that. And I know there are a couple military chaplains I know here in our archdiocese that have either served or are actually serving right now on loan to the archdiocese for military services. And if you know a priest that's serving right now, you know, send him a letter. Let him know he's not forgotten. Send him something from home. Send him a care package and let him know he's in your thoughts and in your prayers. And to all of our servicemen and women, thank you for your yes. Thank you for the sacrifices you make on our behalf. We are going to stop here on Roadmap to Heaven and take a break, but there will be more after this. A prayer for the holy souls. O Lord Jesus Christ, King of glory, deliver the souls of all the faithful departed from the pains of hell and from the bottomless pit. Deliver them from the lion's mouth, that hell not swallow them up, that they fall not into darkness, but let the holy standard-bearer Michael bring them into the holy light which you promised to Abraham and his seed. Amen. It's worth noting that today's episode of the Daily Dose of Encouragement premieres on Ash Wednesday of 2024, and this theme that we have of examining our consciences, putting the temples of our souls in order by looking at the Ten Commandments, and, and so many wonderful reflections can be a great assistance to us as we begin the season of Lent. So, Patty, I'm going to turn it over to you for another reflection on the Ten Commandments today. Well, all of Lent can be the cleansing of our soul, but today and this week in particular, we're looking at the state of our own temple, and Bishop Robert Barron had some suggestions for using the Ten Commandments to cooperate with this process. So today, let's look at the Fourth and Fifth Commandments in particular. Bishop Barron writes in the Word on Fire Bible, following the basic form of worship found in the first three commandments, there comes a whole series of commandments dealing with our relations to other people. Fourth commandment, honor your mother and your father. And here's what Bishop Barron writes. And it gave me great pause, I may say. What is the quality of your relationship with those who are nearest and dearest to you? If things are off there, they are probably off everywhere else. And that was challenging to me personally. If my relationship is off with my parents with my children, spouse, my relationships are probably off elsewhere. Those are tough words to hear, but it's true. The fifth commandment, you shall not kill. Bishop Barron writes, now I suppose that very few murderers are reading this Bible right now or listening to this on the radio. Very few of you have actually killed another person. But what is the role that violence plays in your life? What is the quality of your temper? Have you effectively killed people, that is to say, rendered them lifeless? Do you enhance the lives of those around you, or are people less alive after they've been with you? Both of his comments really made me think and challenged me greatly. Have I blown my temper recently? Have I made people feel less alive? I'm sure I have. And I'm embarrassed to admit it, but yeah, I have done that to other people. And it's something which I need the Lord's help to uproot in my life. I need him to do some house cleaning in this area. So what about you? Take it to prayer. Ponder the fourth and fifth commandments today in regards to the shape of your temple. And of course, let's seek confession if we need to go. 
Patty, that's a great reminder for us and one I hope we always take note of. Seek confession if we need to go. And this week, as we reflect upon the Ten Commandments and our own souls, I hope it's one we take very seriously. Thank you for today's dose of encouragement. You know, I shared with you that last week I was sick, and it's one of those things that it just happens, and because of that, I wasn't feeling well, and I kind of isolated myself from the rest of our family. We, You know, with a big family, we don't like to share germs with one another if we can avoid it, and uh, in, in doing so, that coupled with best work schedule, it was one of those times that we just hadn't seen each other uh, and had good quality time with one another for a few days and last night that became particularly difficult she worked yesterday it was a long day they were you know not short staff but heavy assignments and today is going to be another long day coupled with our, our fasting and abstinence we do and she just wanted to get some rest and i was up all night and it's that that hard thing that you just want to talk or you just want to spend that time with someone and they need to be asleep they need to be resting they need to be doing anything but awake talking to you they need to be asleep and there was a lot of loneliness in the middle of the night at that time. I mean, it was, to be quite frank, very difficult to deal with. And it was one of those things that I was thinking about all the different ways the culture would say to cover that awkwardness, that uncomfortableness, um, that suffering and say, you know, just do this. It's not that bad. Do that. It'd be okay. And you can pick any number of vices, whether it's that doom scrolling, whether it's looking at inappropriate things on your phone, whether it's watching movies, whether it's griping and grumbling. So essentially there were two options. It was use the time to draw closer to Jesus or not use the time to draw closer to Jesus. And that's one of those difficulties in life that we talk about that that intention of love. Jesus, I love you. Lord, I love you. God, I love you. Please give me the grace I need to draw it closer to you in this difficulty. Well, one of the great ways we can orient ourselves during this season of Lent to desire to grow closer to him in difficulties, when we're faced with temptation, when we're faced with suffering, when we're faced with trial, is to meditate upon everything he went through for us. And there's a great spiritual tool for us, the Stations of the Cross. Well, our gift to you from Covenant Network is on our new initiative. We've got covenantcatholic.org. We've got a visual Stations of the Cross. It's the reflections from St. Alphonsus Liguori with beautiful sacred imagery. They're powerful reflections, beautiful imagery that you can go at your own pace on your phone. And you can pray them not just on Fridays. You can pray them every day. CovenantCatholic.org. I was uh, going back and listening to a conversation I had with Father Joseph Mary Wolf about Mother Angelica and suffering. And one of the things he mentioned was just that, that virtue of praying the Stations of the Cross every day. You want to love Jesus, pray the Stations of the Cross every day. So we've got that for you right now, covenantcatholic.org. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Don't forget that for most of us, today is a day of obligatory fasting. It is also a day of abstinence for pretty much everybody. Don't make it overcomplicated. Just do as much as you can. Keep it simple. Stick to protein. Carbs will make you hungry. Um, but do it. And every time you're hungry, every time you're suffering through it, just say, I love you, Jesus. Help me to want you more because of this. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today. <laughs>